Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. All right, guys, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Got a uh, unexpected episode today. Uh, we are uh, in Dallas. DJ and I were in Dallas this past week and uh, had some free time and caught up with our old buddy Kyle Porter, uh, debriefing a crazy year of 2019. Uh, we're squeezing in one more episode here before we wrap up the year. The rest of the content is continuing to flow. If you've uh, not seen, we just wrapped up Taurus Sauce, our travel series from Ireland. That 10-episode series is live on our YouTube channel, and there's been two of three parts of the latest season of Strapped. Baltimore are flowing on our YouTube channel, and then the final one will be uh, uh, next week, next Tuesday. We drop videos on our YouTube channel every Tuesday. And if you're listening to this podcast and if you watch those videos, you're looking, and if you're looking for some more golf content that is going to break the mold, our friends at Callaway, they just published a three-part video series that uh, that does break the mold in an interesting way. The series is called Forefront, and it explores some revolutionary trends driving the future of the game. It does it through like a, a, like a quirky and uh, enthusiastic format. It does look very different than something we would do, but it's topics that we would love to be able to cover ourselves. The first one is the use of AI, artificial intelligence, in equipment design like the Epic Flash Driver. The second is sustainable golf course architecture uh, and looks into the design and the imagination behind a reversible golf course. And third, my favorite one, the rise of interactive screen golf in golf craze Korea. I got to do this when I was in Korea a couple years ago. I really wish I had any idea how to do a video uh, while I was doing that. And they, you know what, I say that, but these guys absolutely killed it. It's kind of like a Wes Anderson movie meets like Real Housewives of Seoul, Korea, like these women that play screen golf and are chatty and trash talking each other. It's awesome. It's short. It's easily digestible. You can find that uh, the Forefront series at CallawayGolf.com slash Forefront. Again, CallawayGolf.com slash Forefront. Without further delay, here's our podcast with Kyle Porter. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Maybe the O of the OG, the oldest of the OG podcast guests. We're very impromptu here in Dallas. We're DJ Pie is with me as well. Hey, good to be here. In a rundown holiday end. Mr. Kyle Porter, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Wasn't Bacon the, the, the he biggest He might o? have been. He might have. It's, it's a close call, but you might have the most guest appearances, I think. Yeah, I think there was like a run in the early days where it was like episodes 11 through 23, where it was like <laughs> half would, of them were me. <laughs> you and Bacon, dude, just like going back and forth. But uh, those were the days, man. A lot, has, a lot has changed since then. We haven't done one in a, in like a, in a hotel room. I guess we did Quail Hollow, but the, the one that I go back to, us gathered around our cell phone, my cell phone at, uh, at Hazeltine after the Ryder Cup. It's still like one of my, like the lowest quality audio, yeah. but like the best quality pod I, we may have ever put out. Well, and and the weird thing about that was our, the, the thing I remember about that one, other than KVV almost ending my life <laughs> at the end of it, was uh, I drank like a beer and a half and it felt like I was like, I, I didn't know what continent I was on. Yeah, it felt <laughs> it like was, 12 beers. It was unbelievable. <laughs> We were, we were texting Kyle, uh, like, yeah, just come up, come on up, man, room 804, whenever you get here. And he's like, God, I feel like I'm, I'm walking right into a Tommy Gady situation <laughs> right now. <laughs> so you can confirm for the people, no foul play going yeah, on. Yeah, it got... Very it got, normal hotel room, very it, legal, very cool. Yeah, it got a little dicey, but no, it's close to my house, so this is great. Well, yeah, thanks uh, for having us in Dallas, by the way. The, we're, the we're, Memphis of Texas. Well, okay, I didn't... The over-under was like... <laughs> 
five and a half minutes and, and no, we blew it out. Hit the under, but uh, yeah, we got Jordan Spieth was talking about how there's four seasons here. I, it doesn't doesn't really feel like that. What are the seasons here? Just like super hot and it's super like, cold. Yeah, yeah, that's it. There's so I remember like, like the Super Bowl week. It was like ice ice storms and stuff here, and people were freaking out. Like I thought this was supposed to be a warm place in the winter. Yeah, it, it, right? it's either like a hundred or like twenty. And it's like Melbourne, gener- generally harsh, like harsh either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's tough it's, scene. It's going to hit a hundred in Melbourne like today or tomorrow. I forget which day. I can't keep track of the days of the week there, but it was. And uh, CT Pan looked like they're he the was, same. They're the same as they are here. C- no, but like. <laughs> Monday, they're like Tuesday, 16, di- they're 16 hours ahead. I don't know if that's today or tomorrow. Oh, that was the point. Okay. And CT Pan looked like he was trying to, for once. trying to qualify for the Winter Olympics I during the, the presidents. <laughs> yeah. I could not tell the temperature. Reed's out there in short sleeves, and some of the captains are out there in like full jackets. Well, Reed's like the uh, the tough guy for offensive like lineman. Yeah. That poor ass tweet on that. Was, <laughs> oh, did he say that? Oh, it was a couple years ago. <laughs> it was a 2016, I think it was 2016 Hazel team that Reed was out there in short sleeves. It was 55 degrees. So there's this. Um, at Hazeltine in the in the head pros office there, Chandler, there's a whole huge poster of everyone, and you and I are standing there in the back, like film, I'm filming it with a GoPro and a cell phone for some reason, and <laughs> <laughs> and like we're all standing, there. we poor Ath is just standing there with this big smirk on his face. You could see everyone, but not one person has short sleeves on except for Reed, who's hitting the opening tee shot. Of course, Sol- Sol- was going off in the car yesterday. Total tangent, but he was going off in the car about how. There might be more unpublished GoPro footage in the world than any other footage. Just all these people who had GoPros who were like, God, I can't wait to film this. And, well, and then they realize, like, wait, I don't know how to edit things. Or like, that, that's you. you yeah, that was like, me. where's that GoPro footage? It is gone. <laughs> I've never even looked at it, I don't think. Whenever I put uh, NBD, but I played Augusta back in 2017. Oh, and wow. whenever, I don't know if you guys have heard that story, but. Whenever I played, I, you, we literally did a whole episode. You, you get you get a little panicky about like what you can take out there, what you can take pictures of, what you can. I mean, anyway. So Bacon's there, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, do I take a, do I take my iPhone out there? Like, I, and he goes, Just, here, take this GoPro. And so I t- I'm out there with the GoPro, like, and my and my caddy's like logging, filming with a GoPro, <laughs> and then like taking pictures with it. And and looking back, I was like, what was I doing? Like these look, this looks horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> there was like two really cool surfing videos with GoPros and the fisheye, and everyone thought I'm going to take a GoPro and use it for every walk of life. Yeah. And then I got one and I took it to to Europe and like I look back I, I at my literally, footage. I literally I think had 7 at one point. Yeah. And I was like I don't I didn't use them for anything. It's yeah. all terrible. It's yeah. all like fisheye, it shrinks everything else and and why why everyone got fooled into thinking that I I think they make some stuff that's non-fisheye now. But I I thought you were going to tell the story when you're in 15 fairway. Like this, is like your favorite shot on the course, and you hand your your GoPro to your caddy. Well, I I did, and I'm like, do you know how to work this? And he's like, well, I I can figure it out. And you know, I'm I'm up like basically where Sergio's divot was on 15 on from Sunday. I teed off like 40 yards ahead of him, but you know, whatever. Still, and I'm like, you know, I'm they probably watered the course too. I'm kind of <laughs> they mow it in, they mow it towards the tee to yeah, slow exactly. down the, the tee shots. <laughs> And I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm on 15. I'm kind of starting to feel it on on the, the second nine, and uh, which for me is like b- making a bunch of pars in a row. And uh, shout out to the second nine, by the way. <laughs> yeah, CVS, true CVS guy. Got to stay on brand. But um, so yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm probably gonna hit it tight, make eagle, you know, have have this story to tell. And uh, 
and I just I stand over the ball for like 50 seconds. <laughs> I'm like, what, what am I doing? And I finally take it back, and it was just one where like you could tell coming down, you're like, this is this is not good. <laughs> you remember how uh, the uh, President's Cup they did that whole segment about like Azinger and Bones are like. You know, Tiger, when he's in the zone, he just starts blinking slower. Like, you were doing that, but not in a good way. <laughs> it sounds like. Things were moving too slowly, <laughs> I think. And so I just laid the sod over, and uh, it came up short of the water. <laughs> good layup. That's a good spot, yeah. Unbelievably. So that's something we've had to master, is you we're never allowed to lay up. But, like, if you're in a, like a really, like, a spot where it makes no sense to go for it, take the three-wood out, yeah. but top it. yeah. And it serves as a layup. Yeah. And and <gasps> to do that on purpose is one thing. To do it on yeah. accident is, is another. You got on film. I ended up making par. Uh, <laughs> comfy par. Yeah, comfy par. And then uh, hit it to like a foot on 16 where the Saturday pin was. Problem was it was Sunday pin. <laughs> and uh, You could have never hit it up on that shelf. Probably. No, yeah. it's impossible. You can't stop it up there. My caddy was like, wow, never seen that. <laughs> So anyway, how, how we, often do you work in? So when I was playing Augusta, well, I try. You know, it, it, it's kind of a you got to flex it at the right time, right? You, you can't just you know roll around to everybody in town and be like, yeah, I'm playing Augusta. Although I, I went to a, a, this deal the other day, we we're watching a Cowboys game or something, and I didn't know the guys that well. And one of them was like, didn't didn't I read about you playing Augusta? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you want to hear some more stories? I don't know if you read about it, but yeah. <laughs> I can't confirm that, but I did play it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I try not to try not to flex it too often. Well, we sent a call out for questions to just to wrap up 2019. I think on the last pod after the Presidents Cup, we said this was going to be the last pod of the year, but we're kind of still a little fired up for the year. We haven't really done a decade wrap or anything like that. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot there's a, enough to talk about 2019. And I was thinking about this Porter when, when you're on your way here was like when you came back on the pod like in 2014. If you go back and look up the winners from the PGA Tour that year, like we would still talk about PGA Tour golf, and we were like, "Hey, can we get a a storyline? Like, please, can <laughs> we get something?" And th- things have changed a little bit in 2019. This was this was a lot happened this year. Yeah, a lot did happen, and I think the the through line is is obviously Tiger is cat uh, from from beginning to end. But you know, and and he's always like the kind of the epicenter of everything that that stuff revolves around. But I mean. Yeah, there there are so many. It's almost too much. There are almost so many storylines that I'm like, I, I don't even know what to focus on. Well, it's fun when when Tiger's in this, obviously in the scene, and but wait, things revolve around him so much that like I think we've, I think DJ, you've said it, it's just like a vacuum. Like it sucks up everything else. Then it's like, well, if Tiger's back and he doesn't win, like what does it matter? Like what? Who cares? Like who won the Memorial this year? Can't lie. Well, damn it. You're not supposed to know the answer to that. But like, would it, it would have taken a second. But it, yeah. like everything is just like, oh, Tiger, he's out in 66 this morning. Or, wow, he's really struggling with 74, and you just like lose track of everything Well, Well, that, that's what I, I always tell people. I cover. They're like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, well, I have, I have two. Well, I have more well, than I two played jobs, Augusta. But, yeah, I played Augusta. <laughs> I write about Augusta. But, uh, <laughs> but I have two jobs. I cover the PGA Tour, and you cover Tiger. And that's like half the deal. And... Sometimes it's really fun, like at the President's Cup and at the Masters, and sometimes it's it's not fun because you're writing about, you know, 75s and worst ball 66s and stuff like that. <laughs> the only thing I'll, I'll say to that is I feel like we are around a corner a little bit to where the injury stuff is gone. 
for for the most part there's still you know he's he still has injuries and whatever but we're not in 2015 16 17 territory anymore where it's like oh my every round out there you're holding your it's breath over. it's over it's like oh, it's, it, either he's back or he's done on depending on how every shot goes and i think we're out of that which is good and i think this year was a little bit more you know he had, he had a little like a little more quote unquote quiet 68 69s you know where it's like the world's not ending when he shoots 73 it never went the world's really not bad burning down yeah. with you know people aren't flipping cars over when he shoots 68 like it's <laughs> it, it was a little more tempered this year which i think is a good thing at the same time probably though, not as fun but i, think I mean it's, like <laughs> i think it's a good thing he literally won the masters and then like a month later people were like oh man i don't know it might be done it might be over <laughs> like he can't play That's in cold true. weather yeah. like I, he, Pebble was not really much of a factor. Port Rush, everyone was just like Beth Page was not good, and everyone just like very quickly I thought forgot about that he won the Masters. There was a lot of <laughs> a lot of that at the Presidents Cup too. Which uh, say what you want about you know maybe it was genius that he sat out both sessions on Saturday or yeah. or whatever. But you know like every tournament he, he plays this year, like he plays six days in a row, five days in a row. You know like with practice rounds and. Whatever, like I don't think his back was going to fall apart if he played four days in a row out at the Presidents Cup. But uh, I don't know. It, it's the part. This is always the thing with Tiger is like you just never know because he doesn't let anybody really in on on what's going on. He doesn't, you know. He always feels great. He always is there to win, and so you never really have a great sense of what he's actually feeling. The only speculation we have is the, what he said about struggling warming up in cold weather. Yeah, like that's the only thing he gave people this year as to like yeah, like that's I can't really get activated in cold weather. So, so <laughs> the, the cat is the like best. not. He's just not real life. I just love my boys. We just don't. Des- we don't deserve him at all. I think the interesting part for me with him is, so in the past, 01, 2000, 2001, 05, even 08, as recently as that, it's it's superhuman. Like he's he, he's he's existing on a different plane, and now. It's almost as if he's come down to like everybody else, but he's still he's still like the, the best out of all these people. And so it almost makes it I don't know if it I mean it's not more I it almost makes it more re- relatable to I mean not like in the yeah. way that, in the way that we play <laughs> golf, but in the way that you contextualize him with like Rory and Kepka and DJ because before it was like well he's like not even it's like not even the same deal. And now it is because of the valleys because you see him Kind of limping around Portrush and and uh, you know withdrawing in the playoffs and and all this different stuff and 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 he's still the best of these best guys in their prime and I think that's what makes it uh, I don't know really fascinating right now. Well, he never was humble like legitimately thinking from like the, his first memories five whatever five years old four years old whatever his first memories are he's never he's always been. Like a superstar, he's always been written about. He's always been. He never had like a valley until literally like '09. Yeah, like n- not one. He was never humbled. Like, how do you? He I, missed I, his missed his first couple shots at the Mike Douglas taping. That's there. true. That was <laughs> so, a tough one. And then had, make any putts. Then put it right next to the hole and tapped it in. <laughs> but uh, he's the original cheater. Way before P. Reed was. Uh, <laughs> but that's like a he, take I'm here for. He ne- <laughs> people he, don't talk about that enough. He never like. How do you? My point being, you can a lot of people like will go through like teenage years and stuff, and you're still like a a small person, let's say in quotes, like you're not important yet, and then you become a big deal, and you know you kind of have ups and downs. 
going your whole life without ever having like ups and downs in in terms of your athletic performance being literally the best at every step you've ever been you walk onto the pga tour and you're the best like <laughs> the best one and you were the best every single year until like 2009 and your tweet like like blew my mind this past weekend of you can have all the success in the world. I, I don't know what it was. I don't want to paraphrase it. Yeah. But, so you know. I, I, and this has been something I've been thinking about with Tiger for a while. Um, but like, you, I think the reason you see him the way he is with his boys, as he kept, I mean, he, <laughs> my said, boys. he said that like 15 times. I was like, I get it. Uh, the reason you see him like that is because you can have all the achievement and success in the world. But if you don't have a good community of people to share it with, then it, it comes up empty, right? And that's something that you and I and you know all of us learned in high school or college or post-college or whatever. And he's like, it, it's weird to watch somebody who's 43 years old like f starting to figure that out. Uh, it, it's kind of a coming of age thing, which is a bizarre thing to say about somebody who is so accomplished uh, it, it professionally. So I, I think that's the part for me that's, that's maybe the most interesting. Which I don't like. He is lion, like the most lionized athlete maybe ever, and I I don't enjoy playing that role in it because he is flawed. He is. I don't want to give him a pass for living most of his life, but flat out saying like being a dick. Like he would he would tell you that. I mean he has been, and so I don't want it to be like wow, what an amazing story that once he got humbled, he, he became yeah. a great person. And I. I'm not going to swear by him being a great person, but I remember when we saw him on the range 2016 at Hazeltine. Like, all the top players in the world are warming up, and the cat rolled out. And he had been kind of like a recluse at that point. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of weird to see him in the assistant captaincy role. He had that weird-looking goatee going. <laughs> and I about that. Just the sharpest goatee yeah, you've ever seen. Everything stopped. Angular goatee. <laughs> like, everyone on the range stopped. It just became this... Like, it was... God, what's a, like a movie character that like comes out like a like Bruce like a a held up Bruce Wayne comes back out in public, and like everyone like, looks at him like oh my god like he's he's in public oh, oh my god what what's going on here, and to see it like that we in knowing that week like kind of in hindsight and hearing some things about how how down he was physically like not physically just like spiritually and mentally yeah and seeing him come back to to play this role is remarkable it's it's insane. Yeah, it, it, to his credit, like I, I think that, yeah, you don't want to credit him too much because some of it is circumstantial. Yeah, but I think he's also like realized it and and really kind of kind of owned it a little bit personally. Um, so yeah, Bo both as like inside the ropes for individual events and now being like a captain and an assistant captain for team events. And I would, I, I've obviously not been in those team rooms. I have to imagine his attitude towards these things is. Completely night and day from like his attitude, the ninety nine rider. Well, because people are like, "Oh, Tiger, you know, Tiger's immature. Tiger's a child." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> like he's been worshipped his whole yeah. life. Like that's how you would act too. Yeah. Like that's not. I mean, it, it it is on him, but some of it is not because he's just been told yes, yes, yes his entire life and worshipped. Like you're talking about on the range at in at uh, at Hazeltine, which by the way, I brought my uh, Ryder Cup backpack from Hazeltine. <laughs> NBD still hasn't unpacked it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so That's a good. Cut. <laughs> that is so good. Shout out Keegan. Uh, so yeah, some of that is just I, I, I get frustrated when people are like, "Oh, he's so immature," and it's like, "Yeah, you would be too." That's man. part of the story. Yeah, for sure. I will never forget. You, it was first, I think it was first morning. Maybe I will forget then because I, I don't remember the detail. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that 
we're walking across the bridge, like from the range to uh, to the first tee, and uh, Sam Torrance is walking towards us. And I was like, dude, look at Sam Torrance. And like, you looked at me like, what? And I didn't see what was going on, and we kept walking. And like a, a guy like was on Facetime and turns around on the bridge, and it was and it was Tiger. And I hadn't seen him, and I'm like freaking, like, dude, look, look at Sam Torrance. That's really cool. I'm like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, cool, man. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that week, I still look back. That's still my favorite sports experience I've ever had. Was walking around Hazel. Well, how do you reconcile that? Because because I know you've talked about how the Ryder Cup is is a and, and I, I don't disagree with this, a bad viewing experience. So how do you reconcile <laughs> how good that week was with... Well, we got to go inside the ropes. Like, like that's, that's, that's the difference. I mean, it, like, yeah, it sucks that that is the case, but it, I don't know. If you go as a fan, you just have to have the attitude of, I'm here to cheer and yell, I'm not going to see all the golf. And yeah. they do a good job of getting jumbotrons up there, and you can see a lot of golf on screens, but like, go be a part of a rowdy crowd, find a good hole with a big state, like at the 16th hole at Hazeltine, was just awesome. It was such a great scene, and that's what you got to go in with the attitude of. And we, I'm just saying, like for for me personally, like that was like well, the second time I'd ever been credentialed at an event. Yeah, and getting to walk like through the walkways with Patrick Reed while everyone's yelling and cheering USA at him might go differently the next time around. But like that that the hair on my neck was standing up <laughs> doing that, and we all that's like what shines through in that podcast. I think is we're all just high on what we had just witnessed. Yeah. And that beer and a half was, yeah. was uh, if you're if you're uh, playing along at home on your bingo card, that's uh, Memphis and diving into Ryder Cup talk yeah. during a recap podcast from 2019. So we're, we're working, Can we do Memphis? We're working through the car. Sure. Can let's we do, do it. it? Yeah, I was going to say, let's start with our favorite golf memories of the year. Which yeah. For me, was <laughs> Porter getting collectively just dunked on, <laughs> but like misguidingly dunked on, which is the it best was the guy. most 2019 Twitter thing yeah. ever. It was like a complete non sequitur. F- just multiplied by a million. <laughs> Tell us what happened. I, I mean, it, it's during Port Rush during the Open, and I just take a screenshot of. I mean, Port Rush is unbelievable. Yeah, this is unreal. And they they did this like wide view of like the entire property out into the sea, and I just took a, a screenshot of it and basically said like, imagine going from this to Memphis next week. First of all, I meant the course at Memphis, <laughs> right? I was thinking about this during during the President's Cup because Melbourne's kind of the same deal. Like, imagine going from that to, you know... The QBE. Yeah, the QBE, exactly. <laughs> and I just got, I mean, ratioed into oblivion. I mean, it was... It was I, I thought that, like... It felt like Tony Allen was just, like, repeatedly dunking <laughs> on me. <laughs> Someone from Memphis, must, like, an influential Memphis person must have, like, quote, retweeted it. Yeah, and then, like, all these, like, newspaper columnists were like, this guy hates, you know, the entire state of Tennessee. And I'm like, what? Like, and part of it is just, like, the nuance of, well, of Twitter, but also, like, of just talking about, like, golf courses and, like... And, and I think some of it is my fault for not realizing that, like, my world that I exist in is not the world that everybody else exists, exists in. So it's easy to kind of just dive in and be like, you know, just start taking shots, which is what happened. I did a whole apology tour 2019. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Got the blue curtain out in the shed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? That might be the be- the next the next sponsored content. The it's just apology curtain. tours. <laughs> <laughs> say That's something a great bad. point. Say something bad, yeah. and then like, yeah, I'm going on my apology tours. Brought to you by Surfro. Like it never, like it never even happened. <laughs> apology tours. 
Uh, Are you cool with Memphis now, or is it? I guess. I was praying that Oklahoma State didn't get the Liberty Bowl, so I had to go back there. (laughs) (laughs) This is another one of those moments where I completely forget that you have an Oklahoma State website that covers all of Oklahoma State sports. Yeah, it's uh, our 10th year, starting in 2020. Have you ever actually talked about that on this podcast? No. I don't don't think think so. so. Yeah, No free ads. Yeah, it's a free ad. Yeah. You, you, we should have been chipping off ad money for you for a long for a long time anyway. No, so. Pistols firing? Yeah, yeah pistolsfiringblog.com. Uh cover mostly football and basketball. The occasional, you know, Ricky top top five finish at a major or whatever. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. But no, it's fun. I've got uh we've got one full time guy that works on it, a bunch of part time guys. Just started a message board. Welcome to nineteen ninety seven. <laughs> um so yeah, it, it's a fun it's a fun outlet, especially for me. I write a lot about football during kind of the downtime of, of golf season. And, uh, it, yeah, it's been a cool – I mean, it, it's, you know, in, in the same way that you guys have kind of built some of this stuff up, it's been cool to kind of have that as, like, the business that I'm kind of running on the side and, and build it up and create some revenue and just provide some jobs for people. It's been a lot of fun. God, job provider. Job creator. Job creator. You, know, yeah. you don't have to give me too much credit, <laughs> I've been on that podcast. We talked West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Yeah, you were in, 20- where were you? I South, was in Korea. South Korea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you coming on and you're like, man, I just, uh, this is a really bad time for me. Uh, it, like literal time, time wise. And you're like, but you went on like 11 of our first 23 <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> I will clear out some time at 6 a.m. in Korea to talk about how Oklahoma State's about to dunk on West Virginia. But. Uh, well, we promised we'd get to questions, and we're 24 minutes in, and we haven't gotten there yet. But uh, I didn't really organize these too much. We got a bunch this morning, though. Antifaldo asks, who dumped all over their legacy the most this year? A, Kucher being cheap. B, Reed cheating and becoming a liability in team play. C, Brooks winning a WGC. <laughs> D, Rory becoming an item of LU of live under propaganda before dying, and E, the USGA kowtowing to the field and neutering Pebble. Whew. A lot to take in there. Yeah, there's... Yeah, I mean, I think for... If this was an SAT, you're eliminating the obvious, you know, incorrect <laughs> answers. And so I, I think we're pretty much down to Cooch or Reed, right? Like, and it's got to be Cooch, because Cooch came into the year with a clean slate, and Reed did not. Well, I think the Reed thing... I, I can't remember who had this take. It might have been Porath, but, like... It like what the president's cut the last two weeks have proved is that none of the other stuff was like a one off. Like this is like who he is, and I think that's important going forward. And maybe it's more important for like captains picks or whatever. But uh, which is what made Rory's comments un, like weird to me. He's like, oh, like people are kind of exacerbating this because it's Reed. I was like, dude, that's the point. It's like yeah, there's a history. That, yeah. There's a history here. That's what I said too. And I think I think the Rory thing was like. I just want to like enjoy Christmas and not <laughs> and not like have he's, a bunch have a bunch of headlines. He's in Orlando. He's like, why did I do this? Like, what? Look at this timing of yeah. why I'm here. It totally like I think that's all that <laughs> one. I think my favorite take on the Reed stuff was the kind of like holier than thou. Like, you know, how would you be acting if this was someone other than Patrick Reed? It's like, you know, why we don't have an answer to that? <laughs> it's because nobody else does this shit. <laughs> like, it's not anybody else right. other than Patrick Reed. It just seemingly always is him. And I don't know how who who won. I don't know who does that. I'm sure there's other people that have taken some liberties with cheating on the PGA Tour. I'm sure there's tons of stories out there. There's not a ton with video evidence, so I'm not sure one who's doing that. 
Two, I don't know who's doing that with a camera. Like the heat of the, ca- he had to feel the heat radiating from the batteries <laughs> of that camera. It was so close to them. Two, doing that in front of the camera. Three, seeing it and being and blaming the camera angle on it. Like I, those, that sequence of events doesn't happen. If that happens to someone else, which again, I don't even know who it would happen to, they would look at that and be like, I blacked out over that. I don't know what I was thinking. Like I, I know it certainly looks horrible. I regret my role in the incident. I'm like withdrawing for the tournament. I could see that happening more than yeah i mean the, the, if you had a camera angle looking straight down like you would see that i didn't improve my line I yeah know. i i think that's the thing for me is you look at some of the kuchar stuff and and some some of the other things that have happened and it's like at some point there was um there was an apology there was some sort of like hey I've, it, w- even if it was like way too late yeah way too late and not about the right things at least there was something with reed he's just like riding like yeah. right into it like no like like n- no effort to even like a- attempt an apology at anything and that's the part where you're like come on man like you got to be more self like the self the lack of self awareness is the thing where i'm like that's that's not good yeah well calling on reed to be more self aware i I don't think we're going to see that. I just don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not holding my breath for that one. Um, Let's go to uh, Car for the Course question. Uh, Who's the forgotten man of 2019? I got a weird one for this one. The first name that came to mind, and this is more of an indictment of us in this room and people in golf media than it is the actual person, John Rom. Mm. Rombo. Rombo. Yeah. What's up, Rombo? Everyone calls him that. (laughs) Uh, Unbelievable season. Like His, nobody's talking. About he had it. the yeah. best second half of the year of, of anybody in golf. Almost uh, unbeatable. Yeah. I know it's raising my hand here. We have not covered the Euro Tour very well this fall, or really, we don't cover it well enough in general. He was like, he won like five million. But he won the race to Dubai, which was first time hearing of this. I think was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, five it, million. Here's yeah, man. Here's five million. He bucks. wasn't a, a big oh, a big sick. factor in the majors and stuff. So we're not saying that. But like, he had an unbelievable season that we've not given enough credit to. So Anyone call it up. Anyone know his world rank? Three. Like four. Three? three? Yeah. yeah. Number three. He, and, and the, That's wild, man. Brooks, then Rory, then him? Or other yeah. Guys? And Brooks, then JT. Rory, him, JT, Dustin, Tiger, Cantlay, Rose, Xander, Tommy Fleetwood, your top ten. I think the thing for me that is so amazing about Rom, so he wins La Hinch, and then he goes and wins Dubai. And he wins Torrey Pines. He wins all he, – he, it doesn't matter, like, what the course is, what's going on. He just wins. And you're but, like, that's – that's pretty Gosh. impressive. I'm going to be honest. I did not realize this was going on. Nobody I think he, had alerted me to this fact. Yeah. I think he won. Let's start with the Irish Open. Yeah. These are his finishes the rest of the year. First at the Irish Open. T11, off week. Uh, seventh at Memphis, RIP Porter. <laughs> T3 at the Northern Trust. T5 at BMW. T13 at the Tour Championship. That's his worst finish in this stretch. Uh, granted, down to 30 guys. Field. but uh, Second at the BMW PGA. Uh, oh, sorry. Miscut at the Dunhill Links, which is kind of a weird, weird event. Anyways, then he wins the Spanish Open. Then he wins the DP World in Dubai. And then he finishes second at the Hero. Sick. So is that I think good or no? I think his T11 was at the Open, maybe? Uh, yes. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, he, yeah, his second half was, I mean, it was better than, it, it was the best second half in golf. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And he finished second the week before LaHinch also. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was I, wild. I was not aware of this, that this was going on. <laughs> so my, my That's for, a great answer. My Forgotten Man, and it's a little, I don't know, some of this crystallized for me in the second half of the year. I think it's Webb. Yeah, that's a good, that, 
is a very similar take to the rom take because I, I think I think we do this thing with Webb where we're like oh you know nice guy you know he won that U.S. Open there was that bird thing you know <laughs> all this. Ah! Enjoy the jail cell, pal. Deforestation. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my moment of the decade. I know, I know, we're not doing that, but that's that's the moment of the decade. That has to be. So we have all these like we have all these talking points when it comes to guys, and I think those are webs. And then you look at him, and you're like, he's like a he's like one of the twelve best guys in the world. But we don't. I don't think we think of him like that. And some of that for me came out during the Ryder Cup last year when he takes down Justin Rose in Europe. That was a big deal. And he's just, he's super consistent. He had a really good year. You know, I don't know if he's underrated, but we don't think about him being as good as he actually is. I think that's very fair. He had four second place finishes, four different second place finishes since the Canadian Open this summer. Well, and where I come back to on this, like, what the USGA, what the only thing they've really addressed in the last, what, like 20 years? Is like yeah, let's stop Webb Simpson from making putts. Yeah. Don't let him put his putter. Don't let him put his putter in his belly. Like all, he's already up against it. Like he doesn't hit it far. Yeah, the swing is. I mean, it's it's not good. The swing is good until like the last twenty percent, and the follow through looks just really ugly. Yeah, like it's a good. It's obviously like a good fundamental right, swing. Right, right, right. He doesn't hit it far, and he puts like he hits his irons amazingly, and he puts the lights out, and they're like yeah. We're gonna like we need to address this. Like you can't you can't put your putter. Yeah, in your it's belly. just a bad look. It's just, just a, a bad it's look. It's a bad look on the on the rules of the game. You gotta web proof yeah. some of this stuff. And it took him a, a while to get it figured. I didn't realize it was gonna be that big of a drop off. I didn't. I've ne- I've tried anchoring and it like does not work for me. It feels awful. So I was kind of like, eh, these guys are gonna figure it out. They're gonna be fine. And and Adam Scott and Webb have paid the price. Like it has hurt them yeah. a lot. And to come back, find a new way to putt. Is and, and become he's eleventh in the world now. Yeah. I mean it's it's earned. Like it, he fell all the way to like at least almost outside the top forty as of even early last year. Some of this is just marketing or whatever. But you think about guys that are ranked well below him, whether that's Ricky or Spieth or, or whatever, and you're like, I mean, just statistically, Webb's a better player than those guys. Yeah, no doubt. And he really improved. I mean, he finished, he finished, um, I think he finished fifth at the Masters this year, which is just got completely lost. He's never played that well at Augusta. So I don't know. There's a number of different guys that you could say for this question, but that would be mine. I think for for mine, the probably the most obvious one is is Spieth. I mean, he's outside the top 40 in the world, uh, which is unsettling and and disappointing. Should, a, we should have invited him to this holiday. We should have. Yeah, we should have. He might be down in Jupe celebrating with the boys, but uh, my boys. boys with my boys. My boys. Uh, so, I mean, sorry, Webb fell to 79th in the world. I think at one point. Continue. That's what I was looking at. Spieth for me is is you know it's not forgotten though. Yeah, and that that it's was going to be my a lot of attention. Yeah, exactly. So, from a true forgotten man standpoint, this might be kind of a weird one, and I don't know why it popped into my head, but after the Open last year, Francesco Molinari looked like he was going to be an absolute just monster every single week was going to be there and he still won at Bay Hill Hill, yeah yeah, so you know that's probably a little unfair he almost won he just died after the Tiger Tiger dumped him in Race Creek yeah (laughs) Yeah, that was it Ray Race Creek Ray Race Creek (laughs) uh so I think he's up there and then the other one I would have on there is um you know and I know there's injuries and whatever but Jason Day is like just been kind of a a non-factor for somebody who looked you know I know Jason Day gets dumped on a lot but that season it was it 2016 like he was unbeatable like yeah. he was by so far and away the best player in the world 
and the fact that like we just don't even think about him anymore is is kind of weird if nothing else yeah i mean speed's year i do want to come back to speed here we go this is uh (laughs) i mean it's not good it's not it's like not far from his best year but it wasn't it's not like missing cuts it's not a complete disaster third at the pga third at the pga was weird that we just i I don't understand i followed him and and brooks for 18 on saturday and spieth if he hit the center of the club face one time, then I must have been like in the in the bathroom or something because it was. I, I just. But isn't that the best part? Is that what makes it so fun to watch? It yeah. is. It is the best part. It, it. I think the frustrating part for him has to be that he wasted his best putting season of all time. It was unreal. Like people talk about. Many people are saying. Uh, people talk about fifteen. People talk about seventeen. That the, a lot of that stuff was 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 tee to green, and people are like, "Oh, he makes all the putts." Well, look at the stats. Uh, and this year, he he actually did make all the putts, and he just didn't get anything out of it. Yeah, and that's got to be frustrating for him. I think there is something to being like having a balance to like your ball striking taking a dip. You have opportunities to gain more strokes on the green. Yeah, I haven't thought that through completely. I'm sure Mark Brody could poke a hole at that, but. I just I think like you know you see like Greg Chalmers ranks always very high in strokes game putting like he's the missing greens he's missing greens and Super hitting yeah, hitting to distances where you're making a lot of pars right so if, but if you're Rory yeah and you're having a bunch of 15 footers and if you're not making them above average percentage wise you're just not gaining shots with the putter so but you're playing I, for your life who do you want you had Greg Chalmers or Rory <laughs> Rory was like 27th in putting this it, year that's ama- like I think the best we're gonna get to like who had the best year and I. I We'll get to that. But Rory's putting shoot was ins- insane. Yeah. It was, I mean, if he's in the top 50, he's winning three times. Uh, yes. I, I like this one from Ken Ryan. Uh, well, uh, are we done? Can I get going with Spieth? You okay. can, you're the host. Okay. You can do whatever you want. I, <laughs> my point yeah. being, the, I just haven't had a chance to talk about Spieth I know. Yet. <laughs> well, I know. It's tough. You can it's be tough. on two sides of this, right? I mean, if you think he's done, like raise your hand like if if anyone in the room think he's done like, like is he, forever is he making it back is he going to be a top like he so he finished his first five years of his career the worst he finished in the fedex cup was 15th okay past two years have been 31st and 44th yeah like not like outside the top 100 i mean obviously his two worst years it's clearly bad do you guys think he's going to be that player for the rest of his career or the guy that finished in the top 15 for five straight years and I mean, won one of them Top ten and and four of them. I think a simpler way to say, like, do you think? Shout out to Patrick Reed. Do you think he's going to be like a top five player on tour again? I do. I, I do too. I do too. I don't know that it makes. I could very much see the other side of the argument. I could see. Yeah, oh, for sure. I could see why people would say no. For sure. But nobody. I don't think it's saying no. Is maybe your point? So I, there are people on tour that think he's like done. Just done, done for sure. Yeah, done, done. Yeah. Was he twenty four, twenty five? Yeah, 26, I think. 26. Now. He was like 19 for seven years, I think. <laughs> uh, like he summoned it for the majors this year. The the thing for me with Spieth, and, and this is the double-edged sword, is that the thing that makes him great is how smart and like kind of psychotic he is about like the way he thinks. And that's also the thing. Like he, he stands over the ball right now, and, and you look at him, and, and, and you can tell you're like you're thinking about 15 different things right now. Yeah. And, and that's the whole deal. Like, if he can just somehow figure out how to not think about anything, I think that he, yeah, I think he'll be a top five, top ten guy again. Fingers crossed. Because it's, it's, golf is way better when he's 
doing oh, his yeah. like weird neurotic stuff on, <laughs> on Sunday afternoons. I mean, that, that's the absolute best. I say that with complete sincerity. The final was anything better than the final round of Burkdale in the last, oh, like, God, it was awesome in the last five years, or even the final round at Augusta when he was in coming back and trying to oh just like gosh. resurrect himself. I, it's just, it's the best, man. <laughs> Shout out to Cat for uh, healing his wrist and. 2016 or whatever that 2015. was. 2015. 2015. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, just popped it back in. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Move it. Anything else? Uh, speed no, related? That's, that's fine. Okay. Continue. All right. All right. Ken Ryan on Twitter. Uh, did Matthew Wolf kill Bryson? And we're actually seeing an imposter program by Microsoft. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if that's really a yes or no. <laughs> Porter just did. Porter just did the drop the AI commercial, <laughs> drop the fake ball thing. That's oh, that's a that's a deep cut. I don't know if this is really. I was an answer. I just thought it was. A funny I was question. expecting way way more from beefed up Bryson than what we got. He just looked like he had a big Thanksgiving. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> but he was kind of nuking the ball though. Also, yeah, like. When I'm at my heaviest, I hit the ball further. <laughs> like, when my waist expands, I hit it a lot further. It's a balance I have to try to find in life. Like, am I okay being fat right now? Because I'm actually hitting it pretty good. What if he, I'm not suggesting that this is going to happen, but what if it does? Uh, like, what if his career just goes completely off the rails and we look back at this in 20 years? <laughs> like, yeah, this guy was fucking awesome, man. He came out one, like, what, six times? Like he was incredible, and then he did this thing where he said he wanted to be like an Instagram like fitness model, and he just completely went off the rails. Like that would be amazing. He there's something too if he's uh, I, we've heard some rumors on his gain and ball speed, whatever. There's something too like gains. Oh, okay, like murder the ball in the PGA Tour, just like murder it and then find it and then hit it up and make some putts. Like that probably is what he's. That's probably his rationale. He's like, I need to hit it further. Well, and that, that's what was interesting about not to go back to to Presidents Cup in Melbourne, but it, it it just it was so different than than everything else those guys play, and it, it it felt like to me it took, you know, three even four days for for some of the the best guys in the world to figure out like what they were doing. Right, and that was fascinating. Oh, yeah. And 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 for Bryson not to he, he played one time. Before the singles, I mean that. I don't know. I don't know what that says. I don't know if that was a. I, I don't know why that decision was made, but it, it felt a little like what you're saying of like he just mashes it and and then you know goes and finds it. It was funny to see how like none of the U.S. players prepared for the Presidents Cup. Ricky got married and took a couple months off of playing golf. Bryson went and beefed up, and his first like a real event back is playing the Presidents Cup. Like, they they made it as hard on themselves as they possibly could. One thing I always forget about Bryson, and I know it's like the one thing, it's like the top line of his bio, but when he had that shot on, I think it was Sunday in the singles, and he had that like downhill bunker shot, like the awkward stance, and Azinger's like, yeah, you know, this is going to be pretty tough when your sandwich is the same length as your six iron. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I always forget about that. <laughs> like, even with the wedges, like, God, that's fucking weird. Well, but it just speaks to like it only pops up for like weird shots like that. Well, maybe, so you don't but, need that much creativity on yeah. a lot of shots on tour. So I, I mean, like he'll probably. I think Bryson's probably going to have a lot of PGA Tour success in yeah. his life, and not a lot of major championship success. This is again just the dunking continues. Other than TPC Southwind, was Royal Melbourne the best course played on tour this year? <laughs> also, one from Net Par Golf was compare and contrast WGC Memphis with Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> don't get fired. That's a don't get fired moment. <laughs> Michael Lord, who is the calendar player of the year? Calendar, so not 
not uh, the season. But Calendar, 2019, player of the year. So from Saudi Arabia to, to Australia. <laughs> it's an interesting question. It is. It, I mean, it's basically just the Brooks-Rory My answer conversation has revisited, changed on this right? in the last like, couple months. Yeah, my, go ahead. I would have said Brooks. Like the only thing that matters is majors. Yeah. And, like Brooks had a better year and un- still like only won one of them, but an unbelievable year in the majors. Yeah. Like Rory played the best golf this year. I know. Yeah. He did. I think and, that's the take. And I think that, you know, big shocker, you're coming to the this podcast with me on it for, <laughs> for pro Rory takes. <laughs> but uh I mean statistically, like he had the best strokes gain season outside of Tiger on the PJ uh, since since we've been doing strokes gain. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not nothing. And we can't – I don't know, man. We can't do the thing where it's like these are the only four events that mean anything. Yeah. That's not, that's not how it is. The players is – and this is this is sort of my deal with Ricky is like he won a players and he did it with like five birdies in the last six holes. That We can't just like erase that. Right. Like that happened, you know, and, and same deal with, with Rory this year. The, <clears throat> the Rory thing, I mean – it, it's it's weird because he's so, it's almost James Hardenish, right? Where yeah. you, where it's like regular season, and, and and I think we don't think about it in terms of regular season and postseason because the the four majors are in the like in the yeah. middle of the year, but it's a little James Hardenish of like he is f- just the best guy in the world during the regular season, and then at least in the majors in, in 2019, he you know he just he wasn't very good, yeah. And I I don't know what to do. I don't know how to reconcile that. Well. <laughs> God, this is, I could already tell this is going to be a bad comparison. But like leading up to <laughs> go on my like USAM qualifier this year, Here I, we played go. A yeah. week, I played Perfect. a week. I played a Listen, just give me a second. There we go. No, Listen, I get it. No, man. we're going to make, I'm going to bring this together. Give me a second. I played five rounds of golf when in you're a going row. against Toronto Tour Sauce, man. You know, it's just, <laughs> things are tough. Let me bring your, it around. It changes your mentality. Let me bring it around. I played five <laughs> rounds of golf in a row leading up to it that were like as good as I could play. I shot under par five straight rounds. And my thought process was like, <laughs> shout out to Neil. Fuck, I got to do that again? And this is the one that matters? Yeah. So the thought, the thinking of like, wow, I played unbelievable golf, all that. And you go and you go to tee it up in the major and like, oh, yeah, like that didn't really matter. Like none of that carries to this point. Right? Yeah. How many times can you go to the well and play great golf? When you've done it like five weeks in a row, and then like the sixth, it's like the Masters. It's like, oh shit! Like, yeah, it kind of can double down on you. You've added pressure on yourself, and now you have an expectation to it. I think that something like that would contribute. I'm sure he'd because you're only going to peak so many times in a year. I just don't think that you can attribute him peaking so much in PJ Tour events and not in majors strictly to like the pressure got to him. He wanted he wants it too much. I think there just has to be ebbs and flows to a season, and it happened to be at the wrong times for him this year. I think it's is I, also, how many majors has he won? Four. <laughs> yeah, he can clearly do it. Right. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think. It's, I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I but, think it's a good point. And you know, I, I think about this. The after, USAM part, especially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were your scores again? Well, it's one round. I forgot that it was two round of it. That's the other thing. You got to keep the calendar straight <laughs> as well. So he's got that on his head. You know, how many days are these tournaments? Is it a four day tournament? Is it a three day tournament? You got Rory's got to think about all that too. I, I think the heaviest. So you get it, man. Yeah. The heaviest. <laughs> The heaviest thing for me with him is thinking about, um, like, like how does he feel the Monday after all these Masters where he's come up short? You know, because you're like, enough, like, the, the 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 it feels so far away, and yeah. then you get there and it goes by so fast, yeah. And then you got to wait another. It, yeah. it just that's got to wear on you in, internally, even if you don't 
see it. It's you just know? like the Jack Speed's birdie challenge. For sure. <laughs> totally. When you don't birdie the 10th hole and you got to go play the other eight holes. Exactly. And you got to. <laughs> was it Big Randy that birdied it first time yeah. out? Yeah, it was. It's the only one, the only person that's birdied. Randy today. ruined, you know, someone brought up Brooks's, Brooks winning the WGC, kind of ruining his legacy. Randy ruined his legacy the other day because he had nine birdies. The Jack Speech birdie challenge, blah, blah, blah. We've been trying to birdie every hole once, at least once per year. And uh, Randy had nine birdies total for the year and nine different holes. And then he chipped and it And then off. he accidentally chipped it on, on uh, four to, for his second birdie of the year. <laughs> to bring like, his- I think he and I have crossed off the same number of holes now, and I have maybe four X the amount of birdies he has. It's unbelievable. His efficiency is unbelievable. Bring this back to Rory. I don't remember if he said this publicly, but when I was talking to him a couple months ago, and it was right after the Player of the Year stuff came NBD. out. NBD. Yeah. And Brooke, and that he had won. And he said something interesting. It was just like, dude, honestly, there's one guy whose season I would trade mine for this year. Mm. Like, who do you think it is? Spieth? Tiger. <laughs> Tiger. <laughs> it's Tiger. Yeah. He's like, that's the only guy whose season I would trade mine for. Spieth. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, man, that's, you know, for as much as we obsess over like the majors over other events, like the guy actually, and I, I didn't, it didn't sound like lip service of like, yeah. you know, and I know he's, we kind of make fun of her for being team live under par now, but like, that's what he value, like values playing like really good golf. And he's like, I can look back at the season with ultimate pride on how I played. Like, of course I didn't play well in the majors, but I wish those had gone differently, but I played as good a golf as I could have. Yeah. It's and interesting. I, th- I thought the, uh, it's not golf related, but I thought the, the moment at Portrush was just, I thought that was unbelievable. I thought it in the moment, and I think it may be even more so now because it was just so humanizing. And it was such a, I, I just think, I don't know, like some of these guys, they get just kind of out of their world and they're, they're like, they're just so insular and so protected or whatever. And that was, that was just like the most vulnerable thing I've seen. And I don't want to like overstate how vulnerable it was, no, no, no. but it, that was like such a real thing, dude. I talked to him about that too, and he's like, "I didn't, I didn't understand until like that back nine charge." Yeah, my relationship. He's, he's like, "I have an interesting relationship with Ireland and right. Northern Ireland. It's totally. very complicated. It's not. We couldn't even scratch the surface on that." And he's like, "I didn't understand how much like people cared about me." Yeah, and I felt that on that back nine, like I felt like the whole country was like cheering me on and like I couldn't help but like be emotional at the end of it falling short. It was cool. Yeah, like that was like seriously cool and it's like a it's almost like a big rant. Hey, you peed in the potty. Like he was trying to make the cut. Like it was it wasn't like no, he was but it was about a lot, it, it was, was more than that. It was about, right? Yeah. It was about more than golf. I mean, day. that sounds so fucking lame, but it's true. Like that was that was uh yeah, when you say moment of the year, like you know, I know you you would think that's like very positive things and highlights and whatever, but just like most visceral moments of the year for me, like that's up there in the top two or three. And I think some of what makes that moment great, I think is also what hurts him in other areas. And we've talked about this a ton, but just like he's very self, I mean, he's like mm-hmm. the opposite of, of Reed and he, he thinks about a lot of this stuff. And I think that it just, in the same way that it works against you at the, you know, <laughs> USA, I think it works against him in a lot of ways because I think, Compare it. This was a question from DJ Pie that just came in. Uh, compare and contrast Solly's mental state between Reed and Rory <laughs> <laughs> on the golf course. 
<laughs> but I think I think bro I think Kepka just goes to these majors, he just shuts his mind off and yeah. whatever, and Rory is like he just can't. He does now. And I am I got out in front of this. I think the back nine at the PGA for Brooks this year, I think it changed him. Mm. He has never been punched in the mouth in a major. He has blind success. He has nothing but I've beaten you. When he's ever when every time he's been there, he's won. Yeah. And Rory went through this. I'll base, I mean, he was close call at the 2010 PGA, but once Rory started being in contention at majors, he won them all. He's four for five. But yeah, like he's like he like so the the st- I think it's uh, within three strokes going into a Sunday, he's four for five on wins. And the one was 2011 Masters, I assume. Uh, no, the, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about the recent Masters? The where he lost to Reed. He I don't think he was within. Uh, maybe he's four for six. Yeah. He was final group, right? Yeah, but and we'll see with Brooks. Of course, he, he could he win might have two been next four year. down, though. Yeah, you might be right. But like he was unflappable in in these events until like and Pebble. Like go back and watch how many putts he missed. That was Big Randy's take, and I think he was joking at the time. But like, man, how much is this? How much is this major victory going to hurt Brooks's mental state? <laughs> like <laughs> with the way he struggled down the stretch. Like. Well, I mean, I remember when he walked. It was the par three at Beth Page. I forget what what hole is. It. Is it fourteen or something like yeah. that? Where he made bogey and like the New York, I mean, he was up by like eight, and all of a sudden it was like three, and the fans were starting to kind of turn against him a little bit, like, oh, this might get exciting, and he had a facial expression that I, I like tweeted something about it, and everyone thought I was crazy and didn't see it, but I was like, whoa, he looks like he just got punched in the face and didn't have a plan, yeah, and he hasn't won a major since then. I don't know, there's not, there's been like two. It's not really fair, <laughs> but and he, he played pretty well in it. <laughs> as well my but point yeah. is, but he didn't close it and like yeah. rory's been there in major like since then and been around it and not been able to close it like that is what i feel like has contributed more to rory not winning the last five years is like it starts to double down on you, you start to think like wow I've, I've done this before why have i done 10 straight majors i haven't won one now 11 straight i haven't won one 12 straight like it's gonna be interesting to see how brooks handles that obviously it's not run out yet but now that he's been punched in the mouth and not won how does, how does that affect you? Yeah. So if you're drafting, like if you just have to say, I'm taking number one pick, I'm taking the who's going to be the best golfer in 2020. It depends <sighs> on how you'd su- God, describe Honestly, right. I think yeah. it's like... If you're li- doing a majors pool right now, and it's like... That's a different question. I it think. is different. I, well, is it, I, I think don't it's know. Brooks versus Rory. I think it's the same exact thing. I feel, if we're talking about the four majors, I'd take Brooks. What about Tiger? I think from beginning to end... It's, it's like a real conversation. It's a sweepstake. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Full season. I just don't think Tiger's going to play enough. I know. Full season, I think Rory's going to be the best player again. Like, he's so yeah. Which of those dialed. gets you more excited, though? Between Tiger and Rory? No, no, no. Between, oh. like, who, play, who <laughs> plays better in the majors and who plays better on oh, the whole Well, yeah, season. for sure. Like, the majors. Yeah. yeah. So, it's... I, I don't know. I, I get your point, and I totally agree that, like, it's dangerous and pointless to say, like, the majors are the only thing that matters. Yeah. But it, maybe this is kind of glowing brain, but when you keep pulling the thread, it's like, yeah, when you go talk to anybody, though, like, I know. it's all they talk about. So maybe, yeah, maybe it kind of is the only thing that matters. I know. And, it, and it's, yeah, I hate that it's become that. And and, and I don't know which. But maybe I, it's always been that. But but there did, but majors didn't even used to exist. Well, way back. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I, I just mean even the last 30 years. Yeah. No, and, I know. And a lot I, of that's Tiger's fault because he won so many of them. But I don't know. No, I, I I totally understand that. I I think I don't know. The I, I think I would pick Rory just overall, like going into twenty twenty. I don't. Are we are we concerned about the Kepka injury at all? I don't think so. I mean, he was he missed what last year's Masters with a wrist injury and won two of the majors. Like a because people kind of forget super. Yeah, 
<laughs> Legitimately. Kind of superhuman People when it comes to the body. The masters. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move. Let's okay. change gears. I, I don't know if this is, uh, if anybody will have anything off the top of their head, but this is a really good question from Evan Park. What's the most absurd tournament golf hole of the year? I saw this one and I didn't have one off the top of my head. Most absurd golf hole. I want, like absurd meaning just preposterous, yeah, I guess. I think so. That would have required me to have watched a lot more golf than I did this past year. But yeah, but you kind of know the courses, right? Like, yeah. I would think it's got to be something in at the Mexico course. <laughs> yeah. I would think, but I don't know the, the holes one, good enough. One of the Mexico holes where the greenside bunkers are above the green surface. I think <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's it pretty for me. sick. I was thinking about getting like really starting to piss people off and being like, Ten at Riviera? The seventh at Augusta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Ten at Riv would trigger some people would trigger people too much, but all right. Well let's let's move on then. It's a good question. Um Acapulco VIP. Very cool. If you could bring back any tournament to any tour schedule, what would it be? Mm. A, a tournament that's gone away. If you could bring bring one back. I'd probably make the uh, Memphis event a uh, <laughs> a non WGC again. <laughs> Bring that. <laughs> I would like the American Express that like went to Ireland. I was thinking about that, except I, I don't know enough about it. I don't really remember watching it because that was my first instinct too. But then it was I, like at Mount Julia. Yeah, the golf course was not good. And it that's where the it's Irish like Open's playing it like next Lynch, year, right? Yeah, I just think like obviously there's a million reasons why these things don't happen, but like we're not in that business, so like we can tell you what the events we'd like to see as fans. Yeah, and the idea of going. WGC somewhere in the UK into the Scottish Open into the Open Championship makes like almost too much sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, is it too old man of me to go the uh, the North South? No, I played love at, that. Played at Pinehurst. Yeah, I just I they don't still know. Play that right? It's just kind yeah. of lost a lot of its yeah, luster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that was an event that I mean, eighty years ago, everybody played. It was a big deal, and that's that's that sort of goes along with my point about like. We, I, I hate the the fact that the majors are just everything because there's plenty of other like tournaments are as good as the players that are in them and the courses that they're at. And so I just wish we had more more hero challenges <laughs> <laughs> and the courses that they're at. I wish we <laughs> I wish we had more great tournaments at great places with really good players and and it just it's become just you know four or five events a year and and that's all we talk about. I'm gonna. I'll give a shout out to Tron. I know he'll be with me on this one. If you could bring back any any tournament, I'm going to say the Kodak Challenge. <laughs> the Kodak Challenge is sweet. What what is it? I don't even know what it was. It was like a like less the, complicated version of the Aeon Risk Reward Challenge. It was like they took one hole each week and it was your aggregate score and the winner got a million bucks. Didn't Ricky play in it? Ricky played in a playoff with Troy Merritt yeah. at Disney because they had tied. Like 10 or 11. And it was a, literally a million dollar playoff. Yeah. People forget this. Good. When we saw we saw Ricky, at, people have never heard of it. <laughs> literally the first up here. We saw Ricky at North Berwick. No big deal. Uh, Tron and I went up to him and like we're having a beer afterwards. We're like, dude, can we talk about the Kodak Challenge? He's like, whoa, <laughs> like, nobody has brought that up. Like that's because he lost. Troy Merritt won the won the million dollar playoff, which Tro- was like Troy probably probably needed it. A little <laughs> that's more. yeah, I think that probably worked. You know, probably worked out the way it was supposed to, karmically, but. Uh, yeah, Kodak Wait, Challenge. We back. didn't properly do a re- on our uh, President's Cup recap. We missed a couple things. It was just natural that was going to happen. We didn't even talk about the fact that they could have tied and like very much looked like they were going to tie and like nobody realized it until the last two hours of the broadcast. Like, I, I refuse uh, to believe that they would have This is glowing that brain. That was a good take. Yeah, this, I refuse to believe that. Expand on w- that. Well, 
I, <laughs> the conspiracy would be that they changed it. This is not what I truly believe. Let me throw a disclaimer. <laughs> Damn out it! There. I thought this was. Let me throw a disclaimer. Believe. This is purely fun conspiracy. Would be that they put that in the rules to say like, yeah, if it's a tie, like it's just a tie, so that they could then change it on the spot and like look very flexible and look like you know what if this is what the boys want <laughs> we're doing my it boys. yeah my, my boys. boys want to keep playing well my boys want to keep playing too <laughs> let's do it and like they it would have been this heroic moment what i think probably actually happened and i could probably research this but haven't is after the was it 2003 the south africa one when it was going to darkness and basically I think the players behind the scenes were kind of like, you know, we're not coming back tomorrow. So yes. like you guys do what you got to do. <laughs> like this thing's over. And then they had the whole forced like Jack and Gary, like, I think we should share the cup. <laughs> and <laughs> Jack's got a Gary player <laughs> accent. now. Where's KVV? When yeah. You need him? Uh, yeah. Maybe Jack said, I think <laughs> we should share the cup. I think that's a great idea. Oh, that's a marvelous. Yeah. Idea. And so I'm guessing what happened was like the captain's agreement that they, people reference i'm guessing they changed it after that to say like okay going forward if it's a tie it's a tie having said all of that if you get to a situation where you have the best president's cup competitively that you've had since then where you've been marketing this tiger versus ernie playoff as the greatest moment in the history of the president's cup and the tie will be broken you and using the slogan literally the tie will be broken you have tiger woods as the captain you have Tiger Woods, who's undefeated, three and zero, playing like as high of a level as like you could see, realistically imagine. Yeah. yeah, you have it on the best golf course. You have three and a half ish hours of daylight still. You're on the Golf Channel at one in the morning. Like I don't think you're preempting any anything else. Uh, I obviously can't say the same for Australian TV. I'm sure that's a whole different can of worms. But uh, like the fact that you'd be like, okay. Thanks for flying, guys. In, boys. Uh, <laughs> we'll share the cup, and uh, we'll see you guys in at Quail Hollow. Uh, you know, like there is no way that that could have happened. But right? that's where you like you propose that and you're like looking at me like right like like they're gonna like scrap the agreement. I'm like, dude, have you been paying attention? <laughs> like they missed the boat on everything. You think there there's some glowing weird back room agreement that they're gonna go back like scrap it at the last second? I just don't get how. Like, I don't get how Jack and Gary, quote unquote, could say, yeah, I don't know. Fuck it, man. Like, let's just have a tie. And everyone's like, OK, cool. You guys cool with that? Sounds good. Like, I don't get how they couldn't just say do the exact opposite of that. Well, why wouldn't spot. you just plan on that, though? Like, you have all this that goes into this event. Well, all the, you know how much time they spend like figuring out where the hospitality and like, money, all the money, everything that goes into this event. And the best they could come up with is like, yeah, let's just tie. Like, no, 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 no winners. There's not going to be any... We want people to take this event seriously. Let's just call it a tie. Well, the real thing, the real, like, revealing thing will be if they don't have anything in place for 21. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Right? like, like, okay, here's a warning. It didn't happen, but you could see what this is, you know, you could see what could happen. Let's just change this now. It was a blowout for, like, you know, 14 straight years, and so nobody... I don't... Maybe nobody thought of it. I I don't know, but, like, if you go into 21 and you don't have at least, like, hey, 15 to, to retain it, 15 and a half to win it, like the Ryder Cup, then... Then, then you can start believing in the conspiracy theories. Yeah, right? I think. I mean, it, 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 uh, that would be crazy. What? Like, so the other question then becomes: We were talking about this a lot on Sunday morning. When before I realized, I think that it could end in a tie. That I was like, oh yeah, there was that awesome playoff. Like it just goes right into a playoff. So we're texting back and forth, like, okay, well, who are you sending out 
Like this thing could very much tie. Like who are you sending out? And I'm curious who who would you send out from the international team? Like so let's say that you know whatever. Sun God. Who? Sunjay. After what yeah. we saw Sunday, I would say that Sanjay I would have. I would have said Abe. Cat. Like I would have said Abe. Like going into, it, I thought he played the best from what I could tell from the television broadcast. Yeah. Sun Sunjay is. He's dirty. Bad. He's yeah. a bad dude. He's, he's a monster. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And like showed, like, this is yeah very much pee in the potty, but like showed some like real emotion and like was yeah. pumping the crowd up and stuff. I was totally. like, all right, now I feel like we're starting to get to know this guy. Yeah. He's gonna be around for a long, long time. Yeah, whether or not the tour wants to acknowledge that or not, and like that is like a that was a good introduction for him for for people to actually see what he's capable of. And then the cat sends himself out. Has to be but, sick. Do you know how like. Like, it has to, right? It, yeah, I, I would think. I, I think that's what everybody else on the team would also pick. <laughs> like, I, wouldn't it be weird to, uh, like, the cat is not, um, what's the right way to say it? Like, he's the most confident person in the history of the world. But I don't, I don't get the sense that he's, like, like, I think he would feel awkward almost being like, I don't know, guys. Like, I don't, the way I, he played. Should I go? Like, I'm playing pretty good. The way he played Sunday was complete control. Yeah. And I, like, I was. Like legitimately, the little things you notice, like when he walks that slowly into a putt, blinks slowly. <laughs> like I was like, he's gonna make. He's stalking, literally stalking the putt. Like when it's he walks the around, quarter. when he walks around and like twirls his putter and stuff, I don't feel that confident in him. Like when he is like as quiet, like legitimately, like he's a tiger, like creeping up on a putt. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's going in. Like that is 100 percent going in. And the and the way he played was just so like he surgical. Got, he got out in front, and then he did. He he wouldn't he wouldn't let uh, a back in it. Yeah, like he yeah. just he, he bogeyed a couple par threes, but that was like the only. And that was early. And chinks in the after armor. That, yeah. just but his strategy, he was just he was just defending the two up, defending the two up. The putt he had on what was that, thirteen or fourteen? The I mean, par five from oh, the front of the green. That was no. sick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was unbelievable. So, yeah, I would have been a Sungjae Tiger playoff would have been sweet. Yeah. I think throwing someone out there like that, I'm not saying that would have flustered Tiger, but it is. It does create a. Oh, dude! I better beat this guy. Scenario. It's different yeah. than it's a he, different kind of pressure. It's different than even seeing like Adam Scott yeah. or someone he's seen for the last fifteen years, right? Twenty years. Anyways, that didn't happen, and apparently but it could wasn't have possible. But and the ineptitude of like coming up with this event and actually giving it the possibility to tie, it blows my mind. Like you know how much of a riot that would have been in 2019 on Twitter if they'd have tied. People have, like you said it. Like I've never watched that much golf consecutively. I don't think. Yeah. And if that would have ended in a tie, do you know how pissed off everyone? Do you would know have how been? pissed my wife would have been after I covered it for like yeah. four straight days? <laughs> like the only event, and I'm I'm not comparing these two outcomes by any means, but the only event that I. F- Felt that glued to I the TV. The, I love these disclaimers from <laughs> yes. you guys. This is experience it, podcasting. It's, uh, it's, it, I'm not comparing it, but let's go <laughs> yeah. ahead. Yeah. It's the, the USAM. The only, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If Solly would have gotten to the end of that first day of USAM qualifiers, uh, no, if the only event I remember being like that glued to the TV was. 2009 British Open with Tom Watson. Oh my mm. god! Like imagine getting to the end of that, and they're like, "All right, we're tied. That's it. I guess you both win. So you guys both get a jug." <laughs> Again, n- not to hammer this home, but they had the best format. Like sending you each put a man in the envelope, and you go out and play one on one for your whole team. That was that's, unbelievable. That's insane. There's nothing else like that in golf. No, yeah. and you just got rid of that in favor of a tie. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Please uh, change it, Ben Woodward. So one of the big things, uh, one of the most exciting things, I, I think, the summers can be a little um, 
lazy, a little, you know, the dog days of the summers can be a little, a little bad. You get into the three M's, the, the Reno's that, you know, that, that type of stretch of the season can, can be a little easy to check out. Uh, but we had this year, we had young Hove, we had Matt Wolf, we had Morikawa. So, uh, Ben Woodward referencing that out of Hovland, Morikawa, Matt Wolf, who do you think has a, the most wins B finishes highest in the FedEx cup this year, uh, and C comes closest to winning a major. In, in Basically, I think the question is yep. just who who's, who's got the best game of and yeah. most promise of those three. So I I covered uh, shout out to pistols firing, but I covered both of these guys <laughs> when they were in join, the, join the message board. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to nineteen ninety seven. Careful. Uh, I covered both, both of these guys in college, and it always felt like Wolf. Like he was always like not only the the better guy, but also the most charismatic. He just is the whole deal. It's like and, more fun to root for. Almost. Yeah, totally. Like he was, he like Hovland was a star, and he was a superstar. Yeah, and, and that that was very apparent in college. But uh, Sean Martin like tracked their their final years at OSU, and at every tournament that they played in, it was the same. It was the same. Their scores were the same. They were they were doing the same stuff. And then I think if you look at the numbers from just since they've been on tour, like Hovland does the the stuff that you need to do to be successful on the PGA Tour better than those other guys. Yeah, and that's. Strokes gained off the tee, tee to green. Like he's not, he he's not as good of a putter. I don't I don't think, but you know he's gonna have weeks where he is. I just I I think the Hovland it might be the guy out of those three. I think that Hovland is definitely the safest bet because he drives it really far and very straight. Yeah, and I think Wolf would even tell you like he's gonna be a streakier player. Yeah, like I don't he I don't think he's designed his game to be high floor. Right, clearly has a high ceiling. Comes out. First week that he has a new caddy on the bag, and at the 3M and goes out and wins it, like which was that—that that was kind of the story of uh, like wins it with swag. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the story of of JT's earlier career, right? Yeah. Like early on in his career, super streaky. He'd miss three cuts in a row, yeah. he'd go win, and he has figured out. I mean, he like there's no holes now. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to see if Wolf can kind of like shore up those holes where they exist. Well, here's the thing with Wolf, and I. I uh, was talking about this with a fellow I was I played with him this week and uh I played with another European tour player Sean Crocker was playing with us and he's like dude here's the thing like with Wolf like people don't understand how good he puts it yeah like he drives the shit out of it and puts the shit out of it yeah. and like he would probably even admit and he was on the podcast and said like he needs to improve his chipping and like like greenside bunker play with his like reroute of the swing he doesn't like the easiest bunker shots are not the easiest for him and like the tour players the best tour players get those things up and down like 80% of the time. Yeah. And he needs to reach that level. There's some stuff that he needs to learn and grow and, and clean out, but he can drive the shit out of it, he can hit his irons, and he can putt, and that's a really good combination. And as weird as it sounds, like some of that stuff sounds uh, so fundamental, right? Like so easy to... Like that sounds like the easiest stuff to add. Just like improving your bunker play seems... But maybe, not when you have the... the, the, the I think the unique swing so, is okay, what contributes it, it, to it, it yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, he won as a... And he's supposed to be in college. Like I, that's what the, the whole thing. Like people are quick to, you know, put throw shade at Akshay for the struggle he had. Start like the guy's supposed to be in high, not even supposed to be in college. Like he's no, supposed to be in high school. And the thing with like leaving early, like Bryson got all this. You know, Bryson comes out as a rookie and he's like he's doing great on the PGA Tour. Unbelievable season for a rookie. It's like twenty three. He's like Olden Spieth. Yeah. Like <laughs> like some perspective on the age of these guys is important. And they're, you're not they're not even supposed to be out there yet. 
and Morikawa and Wolf have already won on the tour. Like, keep all that in perspective. If they miss cuts, just understand that there's going to be ebbs and flows to it, and they're going to have extremely successful PGA Tour careers. By the way, Norman Jong might be the forgotten man. That that's a good take. DJ, a lot of people are saying DJ Pai ended his career by outdriving him, or not really outdriving him. Well. <sighs> <laughs> the whole thing is very is very scummy. I was painted in a completely. <laughs> I don't even remember if I edited the video. Did you edit the video? I edited the video. Okay, yeah, I was painted in a horrible light, completely misrepresented. So the whole video we this had sounds this, like a Pat Reed press conference. Exactly. <laughs> the whole <laughs> the camera yeah. angle really they screwed were, up. Yeah, they were putting all the pins on the left side so I couldn't get to any of them. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> whatever. We're not getting into that. Do it. No, I want you to. I want you to. Well, so we did this, this video. Is the last thing we're doing. We, we did this go. video on. Uh, it was how many clubs can Norman Jong hit past me? Your driver. Past my driver. A, I didn't have my driver. I had to use his driver, which was like this fucking piece. It was like a two by four. <laughs> did that materially affect how far you hit it? No, because I hit it awesome. Yeah, I hit it. It was this downhill par five. Shaped left to right, and then right in in the landing zone. There's kind of a we're going to get to this a, in a second. Why none slot. of this is important? But a, continue. a speed slot. None right? of this is important. Well, we're going to get. Oh gosh, I'm all fired up now. So <laughs> we had to measure all of this based on a TrackMan. That was the easiest easiest way to do it, right? So I hit one. The TrackMan says it went 254. In reality, it was the perfect shape for the hole. It caught the speed slot, rolled all the way down to the bottom of the hill. I had like it was a par five. I had like one eighty five in. It was crazy. It's a it was like metaphor com- for DJ's game. It was yeah. he's playing a game that no one else is playing. Exactly. Like, did which you see what? how hard that shot? Like no, you had a hundred yard sh- shot and you had a thirty yard fade into it. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> like that's what shook Norman up so much. I think he saw that and was like God. I've never even thought to play the game that way. I just hit it as far as I can. <laughs> And so he's just rope drawing all these clubs, and he hits, what, like four iron pass by driver? Five iron, to be clear. Then he hits five iron pass, one yard pass by driver. (laughs) In reality, though, in reality, only one of the balls went past my driver, which was his driver. So I... Therefore, hit it farther than Norman Jong. You're playing a game that no one else was playing. Except for when he has his driver. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Total exoneration. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Let's move on. Uh, this one is from Blake, and I'm going to preface this with: Let's throw the cat at Augusta out because that's ob- the very is obvious this answer. moment of the year, most thrilling moment of the year outside of Zach Johnson's tee box adventure at <laughs> at Augusta. I forgot about that. <laughs> most oh, thrilling. Shit. <laughs> what happens now? Um, what happens for those now? that missed it? I'm going to tweet it again because it's my favorite <laughs> video, but. Uh, he was taking a practice swing, <laughs> the, third, <laughs> the most iconic tee box at Augusta, and accidentally like hit the ball. It hit a tee marker. It was just who was he? Who was, was he playing best. with? Was it? I think Kucher, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, mine's easy on this. It was uh, Shane Lowry Sunday at the Open. He shot the sixty three on Saturday, and then he comes back and man, it, I just feel like I I would even I would even put this up there with Tiger at Augusta. He, the thing that I remember that he said on, on Sunday night was that he woke up on Sunday morning and thought, I don't know if I have what it takes to win a major championship. And I'm like, man, that is like the most relatable thing because I'm like, I, don't, I wake up and, I, I, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I have what it takes to put two sentences together, <laughs> you know, or I don't know if I have what it takes to be a good dad or a good husband or all these different things. And so for him, to do that in Northern Ireland and to walk up 18, it's it's always the best scene of the year. But I thought it was really even even more special than normal because it was him doing it. 
That's why I withdrew from the second round of USAM. Was, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I can do this, if I can play in, in the USAM this year. I don't know if I have what it takes to check the schedule and see how many, <laughs> see how many days this tournament is. <laughs> I showed up to day one ready to play 36 holes. I didn't know it was two days. So for me, it, it, was, uh, it was kind of a dual one, but um, I think in our business, whatever business... <laughs> whatever business this is uh you you get to know like a lot of these players and you you know you become friends with a lot of them and and forge relationships with a lot of them and like so seeing adam long win in yeah. in palm springs like i've known him for seven or eight years and known him when he was grinding on the hooters tour talk about someone like i don't know if i have what it takes yeah. like Someone who has just grinded and grinded and grinded and grinded and grinded at every single level and was never like the guy, was never the guy in college, was never the guy in the mini tours, whatever. Seeing him step up on 18T against fucking Phil Mickelson <laughs> and like hitting the shot, maybe like legitimately maybe the shot of the year on into that 18th green. It was sick. And then cashing the putt was doubling like, your career earnings in one putt. Completely surreal to watch and like thrilling is kind of an understatement complete ditto for max homa that's where i was gonna go wells fargo so if you want to talk through that one well i was just gonna say like hopefully people like it got into perspective because the podcast that we did with him last fall was like one of my favorite ever and the reaction to that from people is just it was legitimately inspiring it's funny like he's just a great personality in the game and has been through a lot and like can speak on like the struggles of professional golf and like standing on a tee box and knowing where every out of bounds take is and like hitting that like rock bottom and coming back and winning a huge PGA Tour event for one point four million dollars, going toe to toe with Roy McIlroy and like talking like, going through a rain delay, a rain delay where Tron's like icing him in the middle via text <laughs> in the middle of the rain delay, and like going out and draining the putt and going out and winning club twirling on the eighteenth hole, like that was just awesome to watch and I felt like. Like the community, like whatever weird community we have that, you know, supports us. And like it felt like it was all rallied around that. Like everyone was rooting for him based on like the stories that they heard and like from like what we've been able to get to know from him. Like that was that was just freaking cool. Like it was that made like like every week there is a story like that. It matters so much to these guys like that win on tour and to be able to have some perspective for what that meant for a person is what made that week really special. That's what I was going to say is. It's funny to hear all three of those stories, and I know, like, you know, I don't, I don't mean for it to be out of touch or whatever, because I know a lot of people are never going to have the feeling of like seeing one of their friends win on tour, <laughs> and I'm not saying that that, you know, is something that that's realistic for everybody, but what you can distill all of those down to is like the humanity of of each of those moments, right? And yeah, and I think it, I think it's a, I mean, we talked about this with uh, about Rory earlier. I think it's a a good lesson for people that are like in high school or college like once you get out there like just just be relatable yeah like just be exactly a, be a human being that's and that's kind of what i was getting at is like that's you know we dump on a lot of a lot of stuff like is it relatable to see rory win 15 million dollars <laughs> like no is it relatable to see john rom win five million dollars no all that stuff is so it's so superficial and it just seems like that's the stuff that the tour tours, like multiple tours, every tour, like that seems like the stuff that they kind of put all the eggs in in the basket of of chasing to try to pump juice into these things. And it so fucking doesn't matter. And I know we're speaking from the perspective of like the hardest of hardcore fans. Uh, but like the human stuff is just it's the only thing that gets me to tune in. And it's 
It's the stuff that sticks with you. My boys. Long. I love my boys. Love my boys. Love my boys. Love my boys. We're going to end it how we started it. I love, I love my boys. <laughs> We're going to wrap it at that. Uh, thank you for uh, risking going into the Tommy Ganey situation here at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> Someone had a question. To, sorry. Someone had a question who lived the furthest under par this year. <laughs> It's got to be it's Tommy gotta be Gaines. Tommy Gaines. I just wanted to sneak that in at the well, end. Well, from I've learned my lesson now when you don't book through Tron Travel, like you end up just at, at like very like below average hotel experiences. Tron never will put put us in a situation like this one. So, I I've you would think with the, the traveling I've done that I could book hotels. You should have just uh, hollered at Speeth if he's in Jupiter, just we could have gone over there. That's true. You act like I didn't try that. <laughs> <laughs> I got left on red. So, all right, Porter, thanks for coming down, man. Great catching up. It's been way too long. Uh, I know we've, we've, it's now that everyone's got their own pods, we just don't, we don't collaborate nearly the way that we, that, uh, we used to in the past. I know it, it's, it's fun to, uh, to have a little reunion though. And, and with you guys hopefully coming, coming down here a little more, I'm building a new shed, um, moving, moving houses. So maybe a little bigger shed. Maybe we can do the next one, uh, in my new shed. That would so, be, that'd be sweet. Thrill. Yeah. Great thrill. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 